the road. I am Mark DiCarlo, your travel guru, and joined electronically with the tasty and tasteful Jennifer English, James Beard, award-winning food journalist. Jennifer, how are you today? I'm awesome, but you know, I have a question. What happened to the spoon and the knife? We've got a labor dispute with the spoon <laughs> that we're not supposed to talk about on the air, and Lorena Bobbitt has the knife. So we're left with the fork, which can be fun, too. Listen, I'm uh, a really great cook. I can do a lot with a fork. <laughs> I've read that. I'm not going to tell you where I've read it. I bet in I've that bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. Uh, oh, we have another fantastic show. You know why? Because it's Tucson Gem Show time. And when it's oh. Tucson Gem Show time, 60,000 people from all over the planet bring their finest gems, jewels, minerals, specimens, complete... Listen, like it's hard and to imagine complete dinosaurs, like complete prehistoric creature skeletons. Everything from, you know, antlers from a moose to uh, raccoon pelts to five carat yellow canary diamonds to raw Colombian emeralds. It doesn't. That's what makes this crazy thing so crazy interesting. Is you never know what you're going to find here, and literally you can find anything. Well, and we're going to later on on the show at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have two guys that are like, you know, the, 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 the pigs that hunt for truffles. Yes. These guys, Gustavo and Ray are essentially uh, gem hunting pigs. They've traveled <laughs> the world. They know more about gems and different kinds of stones. And if you're, you know, if you got a fever, this is the stone you put on your forehead. They're an ethereal uh, couple of very brilliant gemologists. I don't think they're technically gemologists, but we're going to say they are. Uh, and they're going to be talking about the, the gem show that you were just referencing, which is rocketing through Tucson uh, this week for, what, another 10 days? How much yeah. longer does it go on? Till, uh, till it stops. I mean... Okay. There, there's some stragglers that are like, look, I got a box of rocks left. I'm not leaving till I sell it. You know, like there's literally a guy by the side of the road in a month still saying like, all mm -hmm. right, discount. You know, but literally they're here for quite a while. But the thing that I really adore about our guests today, Gustavo and Ray, mm -hmm. is that they are part of a culture. And there's like this entire subculture of people who use these crystals and gemstones and semi-precious stones to effectuate the control and the movement of energy in healing mm -hmm. ways and protective ways. And for people who are aligned with that kind of expertise, it is so powerfully interesting. And you are going to learn, like, whatever it is that you wear, that you feel better wearing, like say it's your wedding ring or you're, you're wearing your, your grandmother's pearls or something. Like if you wear something, if you wear something of a stone like nature and it makes you feel better, there's a reason for that. And these are yeah, guys every, who know yeah. like what that like connection and language is all about. They're also fantastic dancers. Uh, they're on at the <laughs> bottom of the show. Uh, our first guest is also a, a fantastic a, be dancer. A, he's a fantastic dancer. Uh, he's a world famous uh, actor, comedian, and an improv teacher. He literally traveled. This is talk about a life. This guy, he travels the world. He does comedy shows, takes gorgeous pictures of food, and he consumes life. He doesn't. There's a difference between a tourist and a traveler. A tourist buys a package deal 
on Expedia. A traveler goes to a place and then roots around himself. And David Brzezowski uh, is uh, the most intrepid traveler uh, besides myself and you that I know. And we're lucky to have him uh, on the show today. He's going to share some stories about his travel, about food in different cultures, and about uh, the art of being funny. I love funny people. I would rather laugh than eat. And that's, and this is, and I've, I've, I've like been in the food world a long time, and I honest, I honestly, I would rather laugh than eat. And I love to eat. (laughs) I'm so excited to have him on. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, fangirling. I'm kind of crushing on him. Like this, I went online. Yeah, but I went online. This Mm -hmm. is, this is, this cat is funny. Yes. Yes, he is. And you know what? Let's bring Dave Rosowski. Welcome to A Fork on the Road. Uh, am I on the show? I'm on. It's on. I'm live. Is this what's happening right now? <laughs> Believe it or not, yes. Oh, my God. Listen, welcome. I have a friend, welcome, who's, Dave. Uh, I have a friend who's doing the Gem Show right now, and she is, uh, like, she just, she, I mean, she lives in that city for as long as that, as, as long as your show's going, as, as long as that Gem Show's going on. That's an amazing thing you guys got going on over there. It's pretty amazing, and you have the most incredible voice. I have to tell you, when you go down in those low notes, I'm like, say more. Oh, yeah. Oh, Keep yeah. going. Yeah, right. I'm here. You'll never find. <laughs> it takes the end of old time. Uh, a little Lou Rawls. A little Lou Rawls, I know. Yeah, probably 30 years of smoking, um, which I don't do anymore, but that would help uh, if you're looking for a voice like this. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> do it. Listen, Kids, if you're looking uh, to make a big splash in the world of voiceover, <laughs> flirt with cancer. Come out the other side. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, Dave? It's so great to have you on the show. Listen, I, I'm a big fan of your work and your point of view that you translate into um, laughs is is so distinctive and it's so rich uh, it really is a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you for making time what to be a, with what us. What a wonderful thing to say. What a wonderful thing to say. Um, as, as Mark was, was saying, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to travel, when it comes to living life, um, I've discovered how to make that happen. I've discovered how, uh, how to uh, eat up, both figuratively and, uh, and spiritually, eat up every moment that I'm on the road. And that also includes... Um, preparation to go on the road. A lot of people say, I just hate traveling because um, I just don't like uh, the lines and I don't like having to, to finagle to get uh, the cheapest ticket. Um, uh, I've discovered how to um, make that a non-anxiety-ridden um, experience. Is it all about uh, attitude? It's all, the, it's all part of the trip, right? The minute you leave your house, you're traveling. Into a car well, with actually, a weird Mark, Uber actually, driver, you could run into a, a, you know, a person at the airport that bugs you or that that bewitches you. It's all part of the journey. Absolutely, absolutely. And the journey for me starts out even when I am uh, getting my gigs together. I got really excited about that. A really great tool that I use is uh, is, is are the hashtags that you get on Instagram. So when you go, you know, the, the, the geotagging that comes with, uh, say, I know that I'm going to Copenhagen. I'll go, I'll look on uh, Instagram, go hashtag Copenhagen food, and I'll go, oh, I got, I got all these. Not only do I have places to go, I have pictures of what the food looks like. Uh, and, I, and, and then I figure out where am I staying, how close is it. I usually stay within a city so I don't, so I don't have to, like, take a train in order to get to the city. 
And it's, I just think golf, even before I go, and whether I go to these places or not really doesn't matter because the journey is also getting excited about the journey and uh, mm-hmm. getting excited about meeting people. And, but but you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, Mark, you and Yanni are, uh, are models for me in that, too, because you're so gregarious. You're so outgoing. You connect, and you live life full as well. And I think um, part of that is just getting excited about the world of possibilities instead of saying, you know, I think that the lines are really going to be long, and who wants to go to that place because I heard that it's this, this, and this. Go over there. Check it out. See Look for at your this beautiful self. office. What's that? You know, and see, see it for said. yourself. You know, there, yeah, there right. used to be an old, an old scene we would do at Second City. Uh, Megan Kavanaugh used to do it, and I'm sure it, it was came out of Chicago. I'm sure it was two older people talking about the trip of their lifetime that they took, and they saved up for 30 years, and they finally went to Rome. And the greatest thing they could say about it was <laughs> the Big Macs over there taste the same as the Big Macs here in Oak Park. <laughs> I know that That's, scene. If I'm not mistaken, I, I know that scene. I know that Second City scene. And I'm, I'm saying this with love in my heart. It used to be called Two Jews in a Chair. And it was like right. two Jews talking about, can we go over there? And the Parthenon, they, it's in ruins. They, if they it's knew that we were coming, apart. they could have cleaned them. It's falling apart. You know, I almost tripped on a rock. <laughs> exactly. You can, it's a cha- I think one of the lines in it is, it's a chain. You can trust them. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you, you have so many good trips, uh, travel tips for people that don't travel as often or as voraciously as you do. Can you give us some some ideas so that if you're going to a place you've never been before and you want to get off the grid, and you want to really experience it like a local. You were talking about those hashtags. Give us more ways to sort of plan your world before you get to where you're going and kind of narrow the possibilities and reduce the chances that you're going to waste your time doing something boring? A major part of this is uh, wherever it is that you're going to be, try to be in the city center. And if you can't be in a city center, then be really close to public transportation. Um, uh, When it comes to the public transportation, uh, usually in Europe, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's really great public transportation. And with Google Translate now, if there's something that is in the foreign language, you just go to Google and you just put it into Google Translate and it really helps. Some of these apps that we have uh, now are just fantastic apps. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say anybody who's traveling in a foreign country that does not know the language, get yourself the Google Translate app. It's free and it's just an amazing, it's like, it's like a Rosetta Stone in your phone. Uh, what you do is you, you look, you, you point the, the, the camera, the, the phone, to a sign or to a menu and you hit the language that you're in and it translates Exactly. It's a little, it's a little, eh, kind of a little, uh, it doesn't work all the time, but it works 95% of the time. It know reminds me of Bewitched. It's magical. It really is magical. Do you use it? I mean, it's really magical. Oh, I it's do. Really- well, we used it in Italy. You know, Yeni speaks Italian, but I, I would point, I just was putting it to labels on bottles and street signs, and it translates it in the same font, and it's like you're looking at it written in English, and then you look not at your phone, and it's still in Italian. I don't know. Exactly. Google people, and another, another point that you mentioned, another thing that you mentioned, like when you're in a foreign country, take Yenny with you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And of course, for those, for those who might not know, that is Mark. Who is Yenny? Oh, wait, I knew this one. Uh, Yenny is my uh, wife and uh, frequent traveling. She's known as the traveling diva. She's traveled all over the world. She speaks three languages currently. 
English, Spanish, and Italian. And you may, if anyone that's been to Disneyland has heard her voice, she is the person, the female person in Spanish who tells you to keep your arms and legs inside the ride until it comes to a stop. <laughs> so if, you're, if you speak Spanish and you still have all your limbs and you're healthy, it's because my wife did such a good job. That's the traveling funny. diva. Um, one of the things also about that hashtag and one of the things also about getting, going ahead of time is you talk about food. Um, one of the things that you can look up, say that you, uh, you know, you, you're, you're vegan or um, there's a gluten challenge that you have in a particular city. Those hashtags are just so invaluable. Again, put, you know, Dutch, uh, you want to say Dutch food or like it's Dutch food, uh, uh, Danish food, vegan hashtag it and throw it up there on Instagram. You're going to get information. You're going to get pictures. You're going to get places to go. Make a list, everybody. If you're going to be traveling, make a list ahead of time of where you're going to go. I use the app Evernote, and what I do is um, Evernote has, you put little notebooks in there, and if you're going to be traveling somewhere and you want to share it with your partner, you can connect that through Evernote, and you could say, uh, my girlfriend's Laura. I go, Laura, we're going to be going to these places. If you have any ideas, put it in the Evernote. We share it. We take Take a look at it. We go online. The resources that we have now because of the Internet are just fantastic. Um, so, and, and so it, it's just vital that, you, it's vital that you do your homework ahead of time. And don't let it, you know, you don't have the time. We're not going to be able to go there. No, you're not going to go to all the places that you want to go to. But what you will do is you're going to get excited about getting there. You're going to get excited about going. You're going to get excited about the world of possibilities. And here's another thing. Whatever it is that you think you're going to be doing, you won't be doing it. You'll be doing something even more fantastic than that because you're going to be connecting to people. Make sure you never miss a hilariously delicious episode of A Fork on the Road by subscribing at fbpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jennifer English is FlavorBank on Twitter and hashtag FlavorBank on Instagram. I'm at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram, where I post all the funny things I see in my travels, including cranky tourists. World-renowned traveler Dave Rizowski, hashtag Raz Eats Food. I'm so fascinated by you because I love the way you, you sort of have a foot in both worlds. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you straddle them because comedy and food don't seem like they would go together. And sometimes it's like... You know, they slide a little bit apart and like, oh my God, he's going to do a split, <laughs> right? But, but, but so I love this idea. But the truth is, I, I say I love laughing even more than I love eating. I heard you say that. Oh my gosh, what I love, I love eating. I love going to local places. I love the little holes in the wall. Um, I love talking to people at. Uh, like like a concierge at a hotel or just somebody like you're say you do an Airbnb uh, you, you you phone them ahead of time and you go you know what I want a little dumpling joint where can I find a dumpling joint I want a pierogi that's a it's a good pierogi that nobody knows about I don't want to go to a place that I have to wait in a long line and get food that's just mediocre where is it that I go and when I do go to these places part of it is what does the plate look like for me if you go to Raz hashtag Raz eats food and you look at some of the food pictures that I have, they are, those are beautiful pieces of food on a plate. Have you looked at that? Have you mm-hmm. looked at my yeah. Rousey's food? It, but I have a um, question for you about this, because here's, yeah, here's the thing. You and I might like many of the same foods, but it's not identical. It's kind of like fingerprints or snowflakes. They look really similar, mm-hmm. but I, in the end, they're really individual. I want to understand, is there a correlation 
between the way that you tell food stories with pictures and your comedic sensibility and your what I'll call your comedy philosophy because you have such a great voice and point of view on comedy and you have such an articulate and distinctive point of view with your food pictures and I can see that they're really individual like like clearly that's Dave when I look at each of them but I want to well, know how the key each to of comedy them. I think right I mean the key to comedy is point of view Jerry Seinfeld looks at the same world that everybody else looks at yet he's able to write joke after joke after joke where you go, oh, my God, that's funny. I and love Dave, how he sees Dave the world. This, yes, he, Dave has a unique point of view on everything that translates through all of his work that I find delicious and delightful. What I love, I love that, Jennifer. And, I really, and yes, Mark, you're absolutely right. What, what, uh, when I, what, what I do is I travel around the world teaching comedy. I also travel around performing comedy. And one of the main things that I work on is point of view. It's one of the major points that I work on is what is your point of view? And when you know what your point of view is, hold on to it until it changes. Hold on to that idea of if your point of view is I really want uh, ice cream, if that's your point of view, in a scene, you go, I really want ice cream. I need to get some ice cream. Really be great if I could go to Baskin Robbins would really be lovely. Halo Top would be just a great place to do. It's all about holding on to your point of view and just digging, digging, digging deeper. And when what, and Mark knows this from, from improv, and Jennifer, uh, it sounds like you know comedy too. Mark knows this from improv. Improv is taking in what you're seeing in that moment and running with it. Mm-hmm. So when I go to a, a restaurant, um, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to go, what do we have here? And look at the entire menu and see what my, uh, and this is the same thing with comedy. Uh, when, when, I, when we land, and Mark knows this, when you land on a joke or a, a kind of an idea of a joke, you want to just beat it to, you want to just keep hitting it because if you're getting laughs on that that's great but you've got to pay attention to everything's going on and it's a visceral feeling jennifer it's a feeling that it's it's a, a kinesthetic response where you see something that you go oh my gosh i love the way that that trout is just described on that menu what is going to go with that trout what's going to go on the side of that trout what do i want to have with it what wine do i want to have with it and if you if you win a lottery and every once in a while i win a lottery i sit and i'll do a tasting menu at a restaurant so i could see how do they work and i love watching the the servers work i will come back to a restaurant if the food is, is just okay if the service is phenomenal, because it's about the relationship that I have. And I travel alone. You know, I don't often have a Yeni to go with me. I travel alone. And when I travel alone, I get to talk to these people and laugh with these people and hold. And, you know, and every once in a while, I'll give you a free dessert. It and forces you to really interact with people if you're by yourself. You have to talk Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. And I'm going to build on this, Dave. We're talking with Dave, a comedian, internationally renowned uh, funny man, uh, Dave Rosowski, who is here with us today. Dave, I want to take this one step further. If you're alone and you're in a city you don't know, you could very easily get food brought to you wherever you are. The fact uh, is you go out... For, you know, but the reason we go out is for something called conviviality. And there is something, the common thread, I well, one of the many common threads between food and comedy is that there's the conviviality piece. You could sit in your room and listen to a comedy album, but it doesn't have the same energy as sitting in a room where you're all laughing at a great joke. It's not the same as going and eating a fantastic meal and you feel the people entertaining and and swooning and chewing and celebrating in the same room. There is something about conviviality that you have to go out and actually experience. What else is life? I mean, really, when when you're 95 years old and you're on your deathbed, what are you going to remember? All the good, funny crap that you did in your life, right? And the Kugel. Yes. And, and the Kugel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Why did you bring that up? Now I have to find Kugel somewhere. <laughs> 
but it's about community. It's about community. It's about you know when you when you go to uh, when you go when you go to uh, uh, to the to Netherlands, there's something called um, uh, uh, they, they have a concept that is about conviviality. And when you go to uh, Copenhagen, it's called hygge, and and it's just like being with somebody and being cozy, and and it's just this feeling that you're with people and you laugh and you share and you wake up the next morning and go, I don't know what the heck just happened, but I just love those people and we ate some really good food. We're talking with um, comedian Dave Rozowski, and I have another question, Dave. I've got to throw this at you because I've been, I've been waiting to ask you this. When we listen to you talk about comedy, much like we listen when you know Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, when they start talking shop, it's fascinating because if you understand more about it, you can enjoy it more. We talk to chefs and restaurateurs about it, farmers. We talk about our food. The more we we talk about it, the more we understand it, the more we understand it, the more we're able to enjoy it. Is that something that appeals to you in both areas of your life, in the comedy area, in the cuisine area? Is is that, okay. do we have to understand it more to enjoy it more? We don't have to, but what a joy to understand it more. What a joy to have somebody come. And, and, and I don't know, you know, Mark knows this, and I think you and I, we talked about it. Um, when, when a stand-up or when an improviser uh, who's a seasoned improviser like Mike, uh, Mark and I are, we, when we look at somebody up on stage, do something fantastic, we don't belly laugh. What we do is, oh, that was good. That was good. good. And we celebrate mm-hmm. someone's brain. And that's what this is all about. I love your brain. I love the way you think. I love the way you talk. I love the way you connect. I love the ideas that you have. How did you come up with that? And when I look at some of the chefs that I have, um, my girlfriend, Lauren, I love watching Chef's Table. Do you watch that, mm-hmm. Jennifer? Yeah, 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 all the time. It's so beautiful. And what you're doing is you're getting to know the chefs. And when, when you see somebody that you love on stage, what you're doing is you're getting to know that the way, the way, especially somebody who's, who's outgoing and connected and, and, and charismatic, you go, I want to know more about that person. And it has nothing to do with they're, they're, they're better looking than I am or they're funnier than I am. And you get rid of that sooner or later in, in the work that we're doing. And you just celebrate what you're doing. You celebrate with the people and you're inspired by it. I want to walk away from these places, whether it's a comedy show, whether it's an improv show, a class, or a restaurant, I want to walk away and I want to go, that inspired the heck out of me. Well, Mark DiCarlo... Let me just add one more thing in regards to taking food pictures. Um, If the food on your plate looks beautiful and you don't have the right lighting, please don't take a picture of it. It just looks like a brown schmear on a white plate. Okay, Um, guys, I gotta gotta tie this all together because you've given us us such incredible food for thought, okay? Comedy, like cuisine... The most important thing is the thing that we've yet to address. When you're in a room full of people and you are on, okay, and you let it fly and everyone is in the moment with you and they are howling with laughter and you're connecting and you're killing it, right? That's the human experience. You can't count on that happening every time. You go in and you trust that that will happen every time. The same thing holds true with food. The human experience in comedy is laughter. A joke is either funny or it's not. You tell it, people will laugh or they don't, period. You go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. food arrives, you put it in your mouth, you either go, oh, and you have that human experience of saying, oh my God, that's so delicious, or you don't. And it's very, very similar. That experience is that you can't fake the pleasure of the food. You can't fake the pleasure of the human experience in reaction to a, a thing that is really beautiful or really funny or really delicious. And I think sometimes yeah, and, and when it's like chasing the dragon. And some t- it takes a lot of energy. 
and sometimes people don't put that energy in, and then they don't get that big payoff. Dave, in his travels and in his regular life, puts in the energy so that when great things happen, you're present mentally and uh, sensually to, to truly enjoy it. Absolutely. You and part of that is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, part of that is, yes, Jennifer, you're right. It's, it's the experience of living life in that moment. And a major part of that is have no expectations. Just be surprised at what it is that, that comes to you. Have no expectations. You go, wouldn't it be cool if that happened? But to let yourself be surprised at a flavor. Let yourself just really also taste the food that's in your mouth. When you're improvising, look at your partner and listen to what she's saying. So there is the similarity between those two things, which is please be alive while you're living. Mm-hmm. Oh, have oh, that's it. fun with everything you do. Be alive you when if, if, you're living. Listen, that's the mic drop right there. Yeah, where that's can why people I talking after that? <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. Where can people find all your uh, materials online, Dave? How can they follow your pictures and your travels? Because it's always entertaining. Um, I love, uh, for me, a, a major part, as I said, is Instagram. Anything like Raz Eats Food. Let's just start there. And then um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to bring it up right now. I did a TED Talk. Um, and there's a TED Talk. So if you look up uh, David Rosowski uh, and uh, just Google TEDx Talk, and you'll see this wonderful talk that I did in New Zealand. And I'm really, really proud of that. So davidrosowski.com is another way. Um, I am accessible. And some of what I print is not safe for work, but there you go. That's living life as well. Mark, I got to tell you something. I don't want Dave to leave. I want him to stay with us. <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. Um, you've got, you've got truffles. You got a truffles that you've got to discover. We got to get. We got to get the pebble trufflers are are waiting to come on the show. Uh, but we'll have Dave. But you know what, Dave? Maybe what we can do is whenever you're on one of your remote travels, we can have you call in. You can give us a report on. You know, Botswana or New Zealand or wherever the hell you happen to be. Uh, yes, and uh, this year I will be uh, in. Uh, I go to London regularly. I'll be in London, Copenhagen. I'll be in Oslo. Um, I'll be in Maui. Uh, so it's a very good life, yo. And uh, and if anybody ever just wants to connect to me, go to my website and uh, and you can connect through there. What a joy it's been talking to you all, guys. Right back at you, buddy. That's David Rosowski, Raz eats food. You got to live your life, because as far as we know, this is the only one you get. You're listening to A Fork on the Road with Jennifer English and Mark DiCarlo. We'll be right back with Gus and Ray, the Pebble Nibblers. Make sure you never miss a hilariously delicious episode of A Fork on the Road by subscribing at fbpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jennifer English is FlavorBank on Twitter and hashtag FlavorBank on Instagram. I'm at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram, where I post all the funny things I see in my travels, including cranky tourists. Welcome back to A Fork on the Road. I'm your travel guru, Mark DiCarlo, sitting in with Jennifer English, the James Beard award-winning journalist, and we have coming back to the show our first repeat guests. Yes, it's the Fruity Pebbles themselves, Gus and Ray, gemologists hey. to the stars. Hey, hey, hey. That's my favorite stone, Fruity Pebbles. They're delicious. We are the rock studs. You you are the rock studs. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Listen, <laughs> if you saw what was happening in Tucson at the Tucson Gem Show, there are pebbles, there's rocks, there's gems, there's minerals. What's astonishing is that there's literally thousands of tons of material. Tiny little tiny little point diamonds all the way up to 
boulders that are cracked open as geodes glistening on the inside with, you know, semi-precious formations of, of rare crystals. I mean, it's just astonishing. It blows my mind. You know, when we talk about gems and jewelry, there's sort of like that whole Elizabeth Taylor jewels thing. But then there's this whole other world that you alluded to that we need to go deeper into about the crystals and what crystals do to amplify and and really conduct the energy of life. How can just a rock influence your personality or your future or your... uh, Explain to me the physics of how it actually works and then tell us some different... DiCarlo, come on. A rock... That's like ah. saying, oh, it's a chicken. What can you do with the chicken? Oh, I can do spectacular things with a chicken. You know, I mean, this is unbelievable. If it's a consenting chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, we found, like, everything is magnified by crystal. And I think when I was a kid, my dad gave me a, a transistor radio, and it was motivated, and it was uh, completely through a little crystal radio. Conducted by quartz. Yeah, conducted by quartz. And so it... The quartz somehow transmits and it receives. So that's like a no-brainer for us when we were like, you know, it 10 years what? old. It amplifies. It, it amplifies. Amplifies so what? The frequency that you put into it. So give me, a, give me a, an example. Okay, so um, we do meditate. We do do that, and we're strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do it, and we meditate, and we find that meditations are deep. Um, also, um, I own a crystal wand, and I use that a lot. Like on sometimes Gus gets headaches, and I take the headache out by pulling it out with the crystal wand. It's all intention, you know. And so it magnifies, and that's so, what. So you just when he has a headache, you hit him on the head with a crystal wand, and he feels better. <laughs> uh, I have to poke him with it. You know. That's no, come on, let's be serious. Every single creature, everything in the universe is made of energy. So everything, even True. things that are just ideas and thoughts, have an electronic frequency, right? Some you might call it EMF or what other people call it different things. But it's basically energy. Everything in the world is made of energy. And you could say that love, even love is made out of energy. And so when you talk about this energy, that's so even if you don't see it, even if you just imagine this radio signal being focused in through a receiver coming through your car as we drive home together tonight during drive time, right, that that all of this comes together. And this is how we tune into these frequencies. And crystals help us do that the same way a car radio helps you listen to this signal. And each each gem has its own uh, frequency. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. Each each gem seems to have its own um, flavor of healing an individual or helping to heal them. Um, like sometimes when there's a migraine going on, okay, fine, we use lapis. Uh, lapis is great for, like, cooling a person down when they're really angry and really hot. Or you get, like, tourmalines. Fluoride is another one. My mom's also a nervous wreck because she's so Italian. And so we give her a big ball of fluoride to hold. And she holds it, and she calms down. She, seriously, just from does. holding it, it's better than her Xanax, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that what isn't? My, well, well, tell us about tell us some of the like great most deals kids. and finds you've gotten at this gem show over the years. I'm sorry, can you say that again? Uh, you've you've gotten some great deals, and you've found some great things at this gem show. Share with our listeners some of your spectacular finds. 
Okay, well, first of all, we, we bought this, uh, this statue of Ganesh. Ganesh is a Hindu god. It's the elephant god that you've, many people have seen in stores and blah, blah, blah. And, it's, uh, and, and they sell them in different, different kinds of, of uh, like, uh, uh, rose quartz. And what, what's the, the green one that, that they sell? Oh, jadeite. But anyway, jadeite. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, 10 inches tall, maybe, maybe 8 inches tall. You buy that at a regular store or even online, and it can cost you up to $1,000. At the Gem and Mineral Show, wow. if you go, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can, you know, bring them down to... to to uh, uh it to buy it for to to like sell it to you for, no two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars yeah, two hundred fifty dollars yeah. like a tenth of what you would uh, have to pay at a regular store or jewelry store or tchotchke store or whatever I mean the deals are amazing absolutely and I and I bought a what's I bought a crystal wand which I just broke the tip off you gotta be really careful how That's you pack yeah. things TSA just ripped it apart and uh, broke it but. I, we buy them here, and they're five hundred bucks. There, I got mine for about thirty-five bucks. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. And remember, these these people uh, bring tons and tons, like Jennifer was saying, of of stones and and uh, from their countries. And uh, I think right. I think Ray was telling me earlier that that, that twenty-six countries uh, are are uh, yeah, are present are participating, and they don't want to ship all that stuff back because it costs them. So they start selling it. Like at the second or third week, we're coming in on Thursday uh, for the last weekend, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick up a lot of stuff, you know, dirt cheap that they just will just sell because they just yeah, don't, they don't want it. They don't want to pack it. They don't want to. Sure. Guys, are you gonna let me trail around and and watch where you go, and can you let me tag along? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I want to see, see the pros. And don't you want to see the pros in action? Oh, more than you yeah. know, Jennifer. <laughs> Come on, Mark, come with us. The biggest show that's always, like, everybody comes from around the world, and that's going to be the TGMS or the Tucson Gem and Minerals show. That's over at the convention. And convention you, you, Center. You can get yeah. your tickets on, yeah, Convention Center, and you can get your tickets online and get, like, some coupons off. And that's a great show. That's huge. It takes about a whole day just to get through that show. And there are like what twenty or forty venues, and within yeah. each venue, there's like lectures, convention hall size, uh, uh, you know, ex- uh, exhibits. It's it's mind blowing. Yeah, they even have like uh, classes on teaching people how to make jewelry. So yeah. maybe I'll make a ring for Jennifer. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. But you know what's really cool, guys? Before we let you go, because we're we, we're we're coming up, we we we're coming up fast, like. You know you have great guests when time flies by. Let's talk a little bit about the consciousness that you bring to this effort. There's three things that seem to happen at Gem Show. One is the hunt. Talk a little bit about how when you walk into a room where there are literally thousands of other people and tens of thousands of items, that something happens that allows you to zero in on the perfect thing for you. When we're talking about energy and we're talking about how crystals, and again, you're talking about a room in which there's literally tens of thousands of different crystals and stones and gems. and How do you find what you are supposed to find? For myself, I found a piece that I really love. And I felt like it pulled me in some particular so way. It finds out. you. It pulled on yeah, me, and yeah. it, the color, the the energy about it. And then I said, "No, I'm not going to buy it. It's too expensive." Well, two days passed, and I said, "Wait a second. 
I got to go back and get that. So I went back yeah. and spent the money. Sometimes, sometimes it'll it'll, it'll yeah it'll it'll tell you right there and then. Other times you'll you'll leave and go somewhere else. And if you keep on thinking about that particular piece of of, of crystal, you know that that's for you. And then the price too. We realized, okay, my God, it's a thousand dollars less than what we would pay, you know, anywhere. So let's go back and get it too. Yeah. That helps. But they the crystals generally find their way to you. I think every single one I own. They all um, they all supposedly have a, a, a what, what what the Hindus call a deva, or what what in Christianity would be an angel. They all have a little deva inside of them. And uh, and what you do is you connect with them either you know at the show or when you bring it home, but you you speak to it and you and you talk to it and you develop a relationship with it. And the best thing to do is put that crystal, whatever it is, in your hand, rock, specimen, whatever you're touching, put it in your hand, hold it, close your eyes, and you're gonna feel that it's gonna be a yes or a no or something happening yeah. in your body that's electrical. And if it's real powerful, buy it, take yeah. it home with you. Obviously, if it you're sounds like picking out a puppy. <laughs> right? You go you go to the place at the mall and all the puppies want to go home with you, but then you see the one cute one that curls up in your arms and then boom, you know that's the exactly, one. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly. funny. As opposed to me, these guys are gonna drag me around the gem show with them like I'm a service animal, right? Like <laughs> you know, well, yeah, they will run you ragged, Jennifer. But we've got a caller and leash already ready for you. Oh my god, that's yeah. so funny. Listen, I wanna talk about um Christmas something that's calling. happening in the world of consciousness. And consciousness and energy work is very different than gems and jewelry. Gems and jewelry are sort of the, the, the finished products, if you will, for delivering these stones into someone's possession so they can wear them or use them and live with them. But more importantly is this idea that in the consciousness part of all of this, that, that people are beginning to appreciate these for something more than just their gem logical or even intrinsically financial value. Jewelry has always represented uh, something monetary, but it seems like that is less important than the beautiful energy of these. Will you, will you talk about that a little bit? Sure. We, we, you know, we studied with a bunch of different teachers. There's doctors teaching this stuff now, and actually doctors doing um, crystal healing in their clinics. And uh, one was Marcel Vogel. He was a huge crystal uh, movement teacher. And then there was um, uh, Mantak Chia, and, and then there was also Grandmaster Ko. These are different people. Some of them taught doctors that actually are using crystals on people in their clinics for pain, uh, for suffering. Now, the the problem with it is, is is that you know it's like everything else. The crystals used to be able to buy for um, like you know five dollars a pound, and now it's like gone up in prices. So there's an inflation only because people are using them like crazy. And then the more the new age movement started making crystals more and more, I would say like. Accessible. Yeah, accessible, and also um, there was a lot of um, demystification about how a particular stone can actually heal you. It's not so much the stone itself, but there's many different variations of it. Part of it's the frequency it's emitting, which they actually tested certain stones. Um, they even took a crystal and... Um, submerged it into salt water and then put pressure on it and that stone generated a ton of energy to be able to light up like four or five lights so there's all these other uses that people are trying to find and 
I have a, a little clicker that I use. It's like an acupuncture clicker, but it has a crystal inside of it that sparks an energy out of it, and you can actually feel it. We'll bring it with us so we can give you a treatment, Jennifer. Oh, that'd be so awesome. And also, that would be so cool. The other thing about crystals is that you can use them on your chakras, on your, on your en- energy mm-hmm. centers. So depending on what's going on in your body, you place you know, a, 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 a gem on that particular energy center, and it promotes healing. Yeah, I think we forget that we are generators. We are generating energy in our thoughts every day. We feel it. We know it. People sense it. And when you put a crystal on you, like I have a large hunk of crystal I put on myself, and I can feel that other people are sensing it. I mean, I, I, outside of the fact that it's huge on my chest, um, people look at you and kind of <laughs> and can sense you a little bit and better. And also, yeah, you, you, you have to be uh, sensitive to this stuff, you know. I mean, uh, you know, Mark loves puppies. You know, we like crystals. So I don't think, you know, uh, Mark is going <laughs> to And we love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I cannot wait for next week. I want to see videos, and I want to hear exactly what happens as you usher Jennifer around Tucson. Thanks for joining us on Fork on the Road. That's Dave Brzezowski and Gus and Ray, the gemologist. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another deep dive into travel, food, and funny. Until then, I'll see you at a Fork on the Road.